0: Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Happy Monday to you. Uh, We are coming at you live on Monday morning. It is February 22nd, the day that the All-Star Reserves will be announced. And there seems to have been a thick tweet from John Morant this morning. (laughs) We'll kind of keep it under wraps. Hopefully we'll see what happens. But uh, we will get to that. I'm here, you know, in the near future, but for today, I am excited to welcome a pair of folks who have gotten to know via the Locker Room app, a great app for anybody that wants to interact with fellow sports fans, but two wonderful minds. They cover the Dallas Mavericks, but in general, just great people to talk with that I've had the joy of getting to know over the past few months. They are Brian Zillen and Lauren Gunn of the Blue Hardwood Podcast. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Sean. How about yourself? I can't complain at all, man. And, uh, and Lauren, how are you?
1: I am doing great. I'm excited for tonight's matchup. It should be a fun one.
0: It should be. The, the, these it matchups are be. always fun. <laughs> yeah, it should be, yeah. But I, I have a tendency to think that it may be a little bit more of a fun matchup for you than us potentially. Mm. But we'll we'll see how that goes. But um, but no, Brian and Lauren um have been doing the the, the Blue Hardwood podcast now for I believe a, a year or so, maybe a little bit mm-hmm. more. And then Lauren yep. has a new podcast out called The Gun Show. And we'll get into that in just a sec. But I'll first ask this from all of us in Memphis. Hope that y'all have been safe and that things are hopefully starting to get as much back to normal as they can with all that's been going on down in Texas.
2: Yeah, I, I can say I'm, I'm running about a 85 full capacity, Sean. It's definitely nice to have power. We've got about half the house full of hot water right now, so we're getting there. And I know Lauren's doing a little bit better than she was last week as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely warming back up, so that's good.
0: Glad to hear it, and and you can, and we will um in the third segment, uh, you know, uh, let Brian and Lauren talk about all that they have going on, just a lot of stuff from two great content creators, but we're going to jump right into, um, you know, the reason why we're here, and that's to talk all things Grizzlies and Mavericks. In the first segment, we're going to talk about the season that has been so far, a big positive, big negative from each of us when it comes to the teams that we cover. Second segment, we're going to talk about going forward, a bold prediction for the rest of the calendar year, kind of looking out over the next 12 months, and at that, At the end of that time, it seems like expectations are going to be a bit higher for both teams. And then the third segment, we'll get into tonight's matchup. But guys, I'll open it up to y'all. So, you know, obviously, I would say on the Grizzlies end, we're probably right at or a bit above where many expected us to be with all the injuries that were occurring. But when it comes to the Mavericks, though, I don't think that this season is, is gone or, you know, this season is over for them at all. I, I will say in general it does seem to be a bit of a disappointment so far this year mm-hmm. with the moves that you made and the production from them so far. But want to give you all the floor, kind of your thoughts on where the Mavericks are as far as their season has gone so far a third of the way through it.
2: Well, uh, I was going to say I, I thought about this all last night, Sean. I think their season in a nutshell so far have either one of y'all been on a broken, uh, amusement park ride.
1: No, I, and I hope that I never am broken. You said. Yes. No, so, well, where haven't. I'm
2: going, where I'm going with this just imagine being on a broken Ferris for a ride. And sometimes if you're on the top and you're, <laughs> it's, it's stuck, it looks great, but the Mavericks have been stuck at the bottom since the season started, yeah. Sean, and it's not, gone as expected from anybody obviously they've had so many things going on i mean the grizzlies have had to do with cancellations COVID, all all nature of craziness that everybody else has to gone through but it's just something's not clicking yet with this team and hopefully it gets fixed but uh i'm pessimistic at best at this point
0: Hey, Lauren, before we get to you, I think that y'all need to start a new segment or Brian just needs to do a new locker room. Monday Metaphors with Brian Zimmel. <laughs> I like it.
1: <laughs> that was really – no, it was great. I loved it. I was like, man, where did that come from? I love it. Um, but, yeah, I think – so with Dallas, the big, the big problem at the beginning of the season for the first, like, 15-ish games, it was – availability we don't have anyone available we only had one game postponed when everybody went when we had a number of guys go go down uh with the and sit out with the healthy health and safety protocols and so the number one thing that everyone was saying was okay once we get all of our guys available we'll be okay we'll be up and running Porzingis will come back Porzingis will get in the swing of things and and we'll be running from there and everyone kind of looked at this Dallas season as saying that this group is stronger than the group that we had last year and so to see the way it's gone has not been so great. I, I personally said that I need to see Porzingis coming back from an injury, averaging 20, 10, and two blocks. And right now he's at 20 and a half points, eight rebounds, and one and a half blocks. So like we're getting there, but there are still uh, more specific things within his game that I need to see improve. Um, but overall with this team, I think my number one concern is that certain groups, certain rotations – Uh, And even individual guys are just not meshing with the system. I don't think, I don't necessarily think that they're the greatest fits. I think they're solid players and I think the fit was there on paper. But I think what we're seeing on a night to night basis, uh, they're not comfortable in this system. They're not, their games just aren't really fitting. And I'm not sure how that problem is going to be addressed, but I think it's becoming more and more evident to people that watch on a night to night basis.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, you know. And, and the thing about it is this: is that you know, let, let's let's keep this in perspective. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a twenty-five game stretch, literally six weeks of basketball, um, in which you still have the best young brand that is out there in the NBA right now. The guy, in my opinion, who has the most logical career trek that is their trajectory that is similar to a LeBron or, you know, a Durant or others in terms of his overall impact on the game. I'm not necessarily saying he's going to be there, but if there's one player right now under the age of 25 that you look in the NBA and you say that guy has the ability to get to the finals with, you know, not so much around him mm-hmm. by himself, it's Luca. That certainly is a positive, and his overall play has certainly been there as well, but I also think that this is a tale is that you've got to make it fit, you know, and and when you look at some of the trades that were made, you know, like, for instance, um, you know, uh, something that sticks out to me that has helped the Grizzlies is that people want to say that the Grizzlies have had the best three-year run of drafts in the NBA over the past three drafts. They certainly have, but you also have to think the Grizzlies have drafted older players who are contributing immediately. Y'all's draft class of Tyrell Terry, Josh Green, and Tyler Bay, they may just be slower to where they're going. Right. But two or three years from now, Green and Terry could be the most valuable, you know, players out of the five total that the Grizzlies, you know, drafted. We'll talk about that in a bit. But I also think that that's kind of it, you know, with Dallas from a perspective is that it's been, it's been injuries, but it's also just, you know, the development has not been there. That's not necessarily a negative. It's just taken a bit of a slower time frame. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, I think with some of these young guys, I think Ty- Tyrell Terry and Tyler Bay, uh, I'm I'm watching them in the G League, and Tyrell Terry, who is playing with the Memphis Hustle, just for the shout-out, I guess, but I- I'm liking what they're doing, and-, and I think that that's where they need to be. Josh Green, I've voiced this to Brian and maybe a little bit on Twitter, I wish he was in the rotation. I know this team is is sitting here saying, we're pushing for the playoffs, we're a playoff team. And so we're going to Rick just has a tendency to play rookies less, but Josh Green is is what we need. And I, I have said I wrote an article at the very beginning of the season saying that I want to see Josh Green get minutes out there because he's he brings a lot of energy on the defense on the defensive end. So that is a guarantee that you're going to get every night. Yeah, he's going to make mistakes because he's a rookie. But the one thing that he needs to improve is his shooting, because when rookies come into the league, they don't have any confidence can't say the same for Desmond Bay the dude's shooting nearly 50% but someone like Josh Green needs that time to get that confidence up and so he hasn't really had that he's he's now in the G League and that's fine i w- i would rather him be playing in the G League than sitting on the bench but i need i really really wish he was out there because our team is so poor defensively and like you said we made all these moves in the off season whether through the draft or through a trade or even yeah well trades more more so but um we made all these moves to to improve defensively, and we are not good defensively. And so it's it's been very frustrating for me. Uh, I can't necessarily speak for Brian. I'll let him share what he thinks. But uh, I, uh, some of these young guys, I, I am excited to see how they develop. But someone like Josh Green, I think he, there is a spot within the rotation uh, for him. And, and I have been a little disappointed that we haven't seen too much.
2: Yeah, Sean, and just to follow up something with was saying there, I love your optimism on the draft. Player, the <laughs> new young players the Mavericks drafted I'm just a little frustrated as far as the direction of what the team was doing because I, the time you know I, a word that everybody likes to use with NBA players now is timeline right I just don't see what the purpose was to draft three young guys and you had an opportunity to draft the apple of my eye that you stole for me on draft night, Sean. I'm still a little mad about that that you did that for me. I picked before for those the thirty two. I don't
0: mean to interrupt Brian, but for those of that do not know, there is proof of when this trade <laughs> happened. There is a real time reaction between me and Brian um, that that happened when this occurred, and it, it's priceless. Yeah, it we, is we, priceless. We'll make, sure, we'll make sure that we reference it uh, later on when we when we uh, have this podcast uh, out on social media. Sorry, Brian. Didn't mean to interrupt.
2: Oh, not at all, Sean. It just, it, it, it's infuriating. I, I've i never really questioned the front office, like, as far as their strategy. And Lauren and I had a discussion yesterday when we recorded the podcast. It's, you know, what was the direction and purpose? Because if you were going to draft three young players and not play them this year, I quite frankly might have been more inclined to trade the pick for somebody who is, you know, who could fit in the rotation right now. Carlisle does have this, you know, history of, "Quote unquote, not playing rookie players." Now he did change that up. Obviously, when you have a, a superstar like Luca and Jalen Brunson, changed that up a little bit. So a guy like Desmond Bain would have fit the rookie demeanor that Carlisle prefers. And I, you know, I, I feel like it's a it's a fair criticism to really ask, you know, what was the strategy here? Because if you draft these three young guys and you're high on them, and J- you know, Josh Green went from starting a couple games to DMPs, and now he's in the G League, which I, we never really found out what the solution was. Maybe Carla didn't like him in practice. Now Carla is a big practice guy, but I mean, how much practice can you really see during a pandemic?
1: Right. If I yeah. can add something real quick, Sean, um for Dallas, it's it what's frustrating for me is don't get me wrong, we're a young team. Our our young star is twenty-two years old, Chris Stepps is, is twenty-five, but Brian and I talk a lot about how important this offseason is because of the money that we have that's available and what we can do with it to really set this team up for their long-term continued playoff continuous playoff pushes and what they're going to do cuz the money that you have that you spend now that's kind of your move and you really only got this offseason to spend it so for us that started this last offseason you have these draft picks you've got a very, like a very valuable pick being the first pick in in the second round which you know how the flexibility with those contracts work so that was a valuable pick to us and then also the 18th pick if we were going to draft someone that was super young and was going to maybe take some time that's fine that's not the worst thing in the world but there were guys like Desmond Bain, Sadiq Bey, that were, that, did, that were a little bit older and played more time in college that could have come in and had an instant impact. And so uh, it, it's kind of frustrating for us because some of these things are, uh, it's not that we don't have time, but it's also like going into free agency, we need to have a solid pitch to make to people because we can't afford to swing and miss this off season. This is it. You've got to go spend your money. So to have these moves kind of, uh, from the draft made and, and they're not really immediately going to pan out. Not that they need to, it just, it's not necessarily a good look. And it's always hindsight 2020 saying, look at how Desmond Bain's shooting. Look at what Sadiq Bay, the numbers he's putting up as a rookie in Detroit. And it, so it's kind of like, it's hindsight 2020, but it's, these are the things that we're like, if you know, you're not going to play rookies. If you know, this is what you're going towards. Well, why not just draft to where you where you know, or, or just to fit your, your kind of style. And so, I, I mean, I don't necessarily think that it's that they're writing these guys off. That's not what I'm trying to say, or, or that they were bad selections because I stand by all the selections, but um, I'm just wondering what their long-term views are for some of these guys, because we've seen what Dallas has done with other former second round picks, not necessarily Jalen Brunson, but someone more like Isaiah Roby, uh, Kostas Antetokounmpo, like these are guys that they're in and then they're out. And so Ray Spaulding, another one. So um, we'll just we'll just see what happens, but that's kind of where I'm at with that stuff.
0: And the thing that I'll say is is that you know, in the second segment, we'll get into that in in, in you know a bit more because Lauren brings up a great point. I think that it's going to be a very interesting and exciting offseason for both of these teams, but we don't want to lose focus of, you know, a season in which both teams still have, you know, playoff mm-hmm. aspirations. And I think that Dallas will be, you know, right now, these are the two teams that are in. That playing game spots in the nine and 10 spot. And they're also right there. I wouldn't necessarily say they're on San Antonio's heels at this point, but they're one good stretch of winning away. Um, and, but for the Grizzlies, you know, overall, it, it's been an exciting year to see the development. That'll be my one big positive. Uh, the development going forward of a of a Kyle, everybody from a Kyle Anderson, you know, down to a Desmond Bain, Tillman, Anthony Melton, seeing Tyus and, you know, Brandon Clark get back to where they were the development has certainly been a big positive for the Grizzlies to the point of creating an identity, you know, based off opportunistic defense and passing, you know, the big takeaway with the big negative though, obviously have been the injuries, you know, overall, you know, Mm -hmm. just not being able to see our young players. So to end segment one, I'll just ask y'all briefly for both of yours biggest positive and biggest negatives from this season so far when it comes to the uh, Mavericks.
1: Brian, you want to go first?
2: Sure. It's pretty easy for me, Sean. Biggest positive is obviously Luca, just the how fortunate we are to kind of transition from one of the greatest basketball players ever in Dirk and get this young prodigy here. He just, he I, I don't know how he gets better every year. It just blows <laughs> my mind. So I, I just, I, I'm i blown away what Luke is able to do year by year. And biggest, biggest disappointment right now, I would have to say Josh Richardson for sure.
1: Yeah. I, uh, for me, the biggest, my biggest, uh, positive is Jalen Brunson going into this season. Something that I really wanted to see from him was an, imp- I wanted to see him show more confidence as a shooter and knock down more catch and shoot open threes. And I think that he's done that. His numbers are up. He, he shot two threes, uh, or excuse me, 35.8% on two threes last year. And he's up to 38% on nearly three threes this year. So I like what I'm seeing from him. He's, he's been a really solid piece for us, uh, my biggest negative is, is also Josh Richardson. I just don't quite think uh, he just doesn't really show a whole lot of assertiveness or aggression on the offensive end. There are some nights where it looks really great, and then in other nights where he seems to just kind of this is i don't I hate to phrase it this way, but just kind of take up space. he's not really having any sort of impact, and so even if he's not necessarily scoring well, we need the defense like his defense needs to be felt, the defensive presence, and, and it hasn't been. So um, that, those are definitely mine.
0: Yeah, and the NBA is starting to show that one star, no matter how good Luka is, it, 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 he's not going to do it. You know, it, mm-hmm. in terms of really getting you to the playoffs and then making the difference, you're going to have to have two or three stars to compliment him or some really good depth. And we're happy with our depth here in Memphis. I know Dallas wants that. I think they'll eventually get it with Luka and Carlisle. But, you know, going forward, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens as far as this season goes. But it's not just about this season for both the Mavericks and Grizzlies with such young cores. Obviously, the future is the focus. Coming up, I want to talk with Lauren and Brian about the next 12 months when, ex- when, when, when the okay, you're still young excuse flies out the window and mm-hmm. expectations really start to come into focus for both teams. Yes, it is a bummer. That, this, that college football and NFL football are in the rearview mirror now. But the great thing is, is that there's still plenty of sports that are out there in terms of the NBA, the NHL, college basketball, UFC, so many sports that are getting into, you know, either the stretch runs of their season, the exciting part of their season, just things are certainly picking up beyond football. And if part of your fun is wagering and betting and you like to profit off some numbers that you feel strongly about in the sports world, I've got the one place for you to visit and that's betaline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA, college football, and NHL are in full swing, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores, and odds. It's the best place for you to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or your mobile device and use the promo code LOCKEDON to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's using the promo code LOCKEDON to get, 50%, um, uh, get, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Burkowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. All right, so I've got two dad jokes when it comes to Luka (laughs) Doncic real quick. Okay, and Brian and Lauren, I'm going to let y'all grade both of them. I call him Luka Danish because of the silver platter he puts his passes on for his teammates. Brian, one out of ten, you're ranking of that dad joke.
2: <laughs> oh man. I, I gotta go ten, Sean. You know you always play me with your dad jokes. I appreciate it.
0: Lauren, oh, I call him Luca Danish because of the bad Luka taste Danish. that he leaves in the fans mouths of opposing teams. One out of ten more what do you think?
1: You call him Luca okay. Uh I'll Luka, give
0: Luca you- Luca Danish because of the bad mouth he leaves in the fans of opposing teams because okay. of how well he plays.
1: Gotcha. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you a nine. I'll give you a nine, because what do you, I, I what, just. What,
0: what, what, what do you mean that? nine? What I'm going to give nine?
1: you. I'm going to give you a nine just based on some of the past, uh, past, wow. past dad jokes you have have thrown my way wow. on Twitter that people think are real <laughs> or or accurate things that I have said in the past. So uh, I think that that is a result of the taste that you have left in my mouth and, and, and your dad jokes. <laughs>
0: Lauren, I am trying to create content for you. I am surprised I have not seen a 1,500-plus-word article on why Jalen Brunson would be a great small ball four. I don't understand <laughs> what's wrong with
1: that. You know I'm about the trade machines. I'm, I'm all about the trade machines.
0: Well, and I think that that's a great segue because <laughs> it's all about – what potentially is going to be there over this next 12 months. And we could say, and I can tell you that this probably will not be the last time that I have Brian and Lauren on when it comes to some off season discussions, but I do think it's fun to talk about because the future still is within focus for the Mavericks and the Grizzlies. And obviously for both the teams this year, I think if the playoffs happen, it's great, but overall you want to see development this year. You want to see a, a, a significant improvement in your overall roster from here on out. But looking at the next calendar year, again, as I said in the first segment, the, the the whole thing about, well, you're still too young, it's fine. I think that flies out the window with both teams now entering you know, their third year, fourth year, if you want to call it whatever, with their young cores. And it's going to be a very interesting offseason. So for both of y'all, just want to kind of look and see, okay, you know what you've got with your team. You've seen a year and a half of your team – surrounded by, or, you know, surrounding Luca. I've seen a year and a half of my team surrounding Ja. Your thoughts on what's there and what needs to be there, you know, as far as, you know, a name or so, and we'll get into bold predictions in just a moment, but you're just your overall assessment of what's going to, what it's going to take to take the next step for the Mavericks. All
1: right, you want know to go first? Okay. Um. So I, I personally, I think you need another mm-hmm. starter, another star quality starter to play next to Luca. And I don't know if it needs to be necessarily be a ball dominant guard. I think it needs to be someone that can score and create their own shot. And to an extent, we thought that that was what we were getting with Josh Richardson. Um, not that he's quite up to like a Zach Levine level uh, shot creator or scorer, but we thought that we could kind of get that plus with some added defense. And and that hasn't been the case. So for me, I think Dallas needs to get that because when you go into playoffs, Luca draws so much attention de- attention from opposing defenses. We need to be able to defer to someone else who's going to be able to get you a bucket or at least attack and uh, and be able to kick it out to someone in the corner or cut it cutting on the baseline uh, for an easy bucket. And I think that would answer a lot of our problems down the stretch uh, and even in the playoffs when either Luka's having a bad night or Luka's just getting just doubled nonstop. So uh, that for me, that's, that's where they need to be looking.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more as far as guys to look at Sean. I'm pretty sure. I don't know what the possibility is of getting this guy here. I would, I've had conversations with you in the locker room. I've sold Lauren on this idea. I need John Collins to be a Dallas Maverick tomorrow. If that's a possibility, (laughs) if Atlanta truly is shopping him and I, and I oh. completely under I completely understand Sean. There that is a lot of money to your front court, but you know what? Lauren and I have discussed. We're open to the idea of overpaying for somebody if he's the right fit within the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this is the right guy to pair with Luca, because right now the three point shooting for the Mavericks has not been there. We completely understand that. But you know what's been really killing the offense this year? Luca has not had that rim run, running big this year. Unfortunately, Dwight Powell, God bless him, he's just not right. Maxi, Maxi Kleber can pick and pop, but he's not much of a, a rim runner either. And Porzingis is not there. I, I, he's not that athlete either. So I, I just want the most chaotic offensive lineup that the Mavericks could throw out there. And if you have a team of Luca, KP, John Collins, Doran Vinny Smith, and, and Sir whoever they decide to have on, on the, if they extend, uh, offered to him Hardaway is that a finals matchup for sure. Uh, but on paper, I think that's another, uh, that's better than what they have right now, or if they really want to get creative, I, I've i talked to Lauren about this yesterday, Sean, DeMar DeRozan, he's shooting a grand total of 33% from three this year. And you know what? He can still create his own shot. And a lot of people have been kind of, mm, I don't know about that idea, Brian, But that's a guy who can get you baskets and create his own shot. And Lauren eloquently uh, mentioned this earlier. We need a guy who can actually create their own shot in offense.
0: Yeah, no, I, and I can understand that, and, and that leads me kind of to my next thing. Number one, I think John Collins is a great name for Dallas, and, and the reason why is because I understand that fit may not be there, as that, that that the fit may not be that obvious, especially with the max deal that y'all gave Porzingis, which made sense at the time that you traded for him. But with Collins, I don't know if there is a name out there in terms of restricted or unrestricted free agency that. You see the base that he has at such a young age and the potential production he's offering at such a young age to where you can make a more sound investment than in Collins. I just don't think the combination of youth and production and, what, and potential that he has, I don't know if there's a guy that offers a better combination of that than Collins, so I certainly do get it for the Mavericks to go after him. But let's let's talk about, you know, the current roster because we both, as the Mavericks, you know, the Mavericks and Grizzlies, they have some similar setups here. You got your franchise star. Obviously, y'all have the advantage with Luka over John. But the other thing is, is that perceived number two for y'all Porzingis, us for Jaron Jackson Jr. There are some, you know, questions, you know, some logical questions that are out there. Let's just be honest, Porzingis has not looked like him, old self, which you can understand with the knee troubles that he's had and how important a healthy knees are to a player his style of play. Jaron Jackson Jr., unfortunately, has ran into that same issue. So with us, we really haven't seen what Jaron's like after, though we think that he should be fine with how young he is and the fact that the Grizzlies are being cautious. But I do think that if you're Dallas, especially with how long he's locked up and how much money is owed to him, there at least has to be a bit of nerves when it comes to Porzingis because him getting back to his old self is certainly a needed development for the Mavericks to really take off being a sustainable winner and hopeful contender over the next few years.
2: Yeah, when you have a – oh, go ahead, Lauren. No, you can go ahead. You go ahead. Okay, I, I was just going to say with these big men, Sean, you, you just have to treat them with so much bubble wrap and TLC because, you know, we we've seen what happens to – participants of uh, people like Yao Ming you know their careers get sh- cut short Greg Oden you know that they just there's a lot of wear and tear those are big frames a lot of weight and you know when you're that big it you know you have to t- really be cautious and I'm really under the pressure right now Sean I don't think that we need to just focus on KP being the number two star at this point I- I'm as silly as that sounds I think on principle, the the Mavericks did the right thing on taking a swing. But this, uh, to assume KP could really be tr- that true number two, I think that might be a little ambitious at this point. And there's been a lot of criticism, I'm sure you've seen on social media as well, where when you're getting paid $100 million, you are expected to do so much. And I, I want to come to Porzingis' defense. And uh, Josh Bo of Mads Moneyball he pointed this out uh, a few weeks ago, and this has stuck with me. Porzingis has had two off seasons in a row where he's had to recover from a serious injury. That, there's not an opportunity for him to improve his game at all. So he's had to really struggle to get, you know, back in shape relatively. And he's, I, I, I don't really think he's been a hundred percent this season. Hopefully maybe after this week of rest with Mavericks, maybe he's feeling a little bit better, but you know, to his, defense, I don't think he's really had a good opportunity to get in the full swing of things and really work on on that post up game that a lot of the big-time TNT, ESPN commentators uh, get on him at because, you know, he's seven foot. He should have to post up. Well, just that's not part of his game, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's fine. And I, I'm under the impression maybe KP at the, your third wheel is the way to go moving forward. And if you do get a John Collins, maybe he can be more open to that role as number two and you still have your alpha omega and Luca.
1: yeah my my thing with porzingis is and brian it kind of adds to brian's point of he hasn't really had that that uh off season to work on his game and add things he's been working on rehabbing and and kind of more preventative and, and implementing preventative things to try and uh Decrease the odds of him re-injuring his his legs or his knees or just experiencing another major injury. And so for us and for me especially, it's so so important and crucial that he does not re-injure those knees because I know everyone complains about well he doesn't post up he the dude is seven foot three look at that advantage he's got like a decent touch off of the glass he like, he likes that little turnaround bank shot why is he not down there taking advantage of these. Post ups and the more I watch him, the more just like Brian said it's not in his game he doesn't doesn't look like he really enjoys doing that he's he looks a little bit uncomfortable, and so for me i'm like i'm I'm not gonna force someone to go do something that they're uncomfortable doing or could end up resulting in a in a bad possession because they look uncomfortable or they're not quite confident in that in that position, and it's just a bad possession because it's not a good shot for that player and and in turn for the team and so with Porzingis, it's, my biggest thing is he cannot get re-injured because if he's down there banging up, trying to post up or guarding someone like Joel Embiid, like other just big body bigs, if he re-injures those knees, he is now viewed as someone like John Wall or DeMarcus Cousins or anyone that just continues to get injuries and that throws off everything that Dallas has put in place in terms of a long-term plan. So for me... I don't care if Porzingis is out there essentially just shooting threes, trying to come in help side for blocks and getting these little mid-range pick and pop shots. If that's all he's going to do, that's fine with me. I don't need him to be scoring at every level at in every place on the court if it means he's going to be putting his body at risk because – I would much rather him be scoring 20 points and end up being our third option. I'm not quite there yet. I still think he is the number 2 guy and will be for for a, a minute longer until he just unless he gets hurt or proves that he can't stay consistent. But Porzingis cannot get healthy because that would I mean that would completely take away everything that Dallas has kind of worked up towards and what they're pitching to people as where they're at currently. So, um as far as like other moves and and things that we can do to improve Moving forward, we can get into that in a little bit, or or whatever you want to talk about. But with Porzingis, I don't. For me, I don't really care what he does as long as he doesn't get hurt. That's my number one thing because I will be. I will hit the panic button if he gets goes down with another injury.
0: And I think to me that's the reason why, you know, it, just being honest, I don't mean there's a negative towards y'all, but mm-hmm. with Jaron Jackson Jr.'s co- next contract coming up for negotiation this summer, there, you know, Porzingis is a definite cautionary tale. People want to talk about how ideal it would be for Jaron to play the five. I don't think that you impede the value that he offers offensively with his shooting because you want to fit him into the five, though. I think that he is a stretch four, and the Grizzlies just need to make the most of that, that they can because it also basically helps it significantly in my opinion, opinion helps out his health, which is so, you know, needed for the type Mm -hmm. of game that he has. But that brings up another point. You know, so the Grizzly strategy basically over the next calendar year is to use the depth that they have that they're developing to really take that next step, to really continue them on the progression that they have out of this rebuild. For Dallas, a bit of another story. They've got the cap room and in my opinion, they have the market. They have the star quality attraction that could get a big name to come to Dallas. So The thing is, is that, you know, when it comes to bold predictions, like, you know, we've always talked here in Memphis about the one big trade that we'll make. I think that's more of a 2022 type move than it is a 2021 right now, uh, because I still think the Grizzlies are a few years away from really being in a place to make that push to, you know, be on a fringe contender status. But they still could make moves, but I want to get to Dallas, who I think is a bit further up and has a bit more reason to make that move with Luka in place. Y'all talk about the cap space that you have. You talk about John Collins, but beyond that scenario, just another bold prediction that you think this Dallas team can make that would really please y'all. That would let you know, hey, we're doing the right thing to take the next step, you know, in our progression as being a sustainable winner and contender.
2: Uh, I'll go with uh, Miss Gunn here. She she's a <laughs> trade machine expert. I'll you go ahead and start, Lauren.
1: So for me. I, I've spoken a lot about Josh Richardson, but for me, it's you're making a trade and it includes Josh Richardson because Josh Richardson has value. He does have this $10 million player option, which I don't know. I would assume that he's going to opt out of. Uh, but I don't know how other teams would value that with him as a trade piece. But I think if you go out and you make a trade with him kind of being the primary piece in that trade, I don't know how much or what else you're adding to that, but to think that you would get something in return at his value or somewhere close to his value. That's something that I need because I think if this team continues to try and move forward, making things work with the group that they've got, I like the group that they've got personnel, like personnel wise, but I just don't think it works. And I think if you're continue to try and make it work and you end up having an underwhelming season going into free agency, that's not a good look. That's not a good thing to pitch uh free agents. And right now, you you should have a good or a, a good uh, pitch to free agents. You've got Luka, you've got Porzingis, you've got the money to go pay someone. You've got, I mean, people like, some people like Mark Cuban, some don't, but Rick Carlisle, you've got organizational stability. Like you have solid, but if you have an underwhelming season and you don't really do anything to try and address or fix that problem, that is a huge, huge red flag, I think, for free agents. And I think that that might deter them from your team. And so- Uh, for me, you've got to make a move. I don't know if it needs to be Josh Richardson. I don't know what, I don't know what it needs to be, but I don't necessarily think someone like Zach Levine is, is attainable for Dallas. Uh, and I don't really think Bradley Beal is either, but if you can go out and make a move just to switch things up, you gotta mix something up. And and even if it doesn't necessarily just make you so much better as a team or it's like, wow, God, thank God they did that. That saved their season. Like that's quite, that's quite a, like a dramatic way to think about it but if you can just do something to mix things up and show that you're you're trying to to address these problems and move forward i think that that's what dallas needs to do and i and that's why i think a trade that could have enough of an effect or 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 difference would be surrounding josh richardson and or, or including josh richardson and then you can just go from there i don't know who's available i don't know what they would be looking at I do think that they like Josh and I don't know that how in a hurry they are to move off of him, but personally, I do think that that's the move. And I do think that that could really help uh, change up the, the rest of the season and, and just make things look different and kind of ha- allow this team to have a fresh start. And that way going into free agency, you know, you did kind of everything you could throughout the year to controlling while controlling what you could control to to have the most successful season. And then, uh if you're right there or teams are or, or guys or individual guys are believing in Luca going into free agency, well then maybe you can bring someone home. But right now, for me, the number one thing is you if you're having if you're having an underwhelming season, you're not doing enough to show free agents why Dallas is the next place to go. Dallas is the place where you can really make a run with this young group. Um, they need to they need to mix it up.
2: I want to just be a little bit more. I don't want to say pessimistic, but a realistic as far as what they would probably wing towards, Sean. I think they'd do something smaller and look at a guy maybe like Wayne Ellington over in Detroit, who's been a pretty solid shooter this year from the perimeter. Mavericks have always, obviously struggled shooting the three. I think you could get Wayne Ellington for a second-round pick. And Detroit and Dallas have done business in the past. And when you do good business, you have that open door relationship. So maybe something can uh, be attained right there. I don't know what can really be done. I'm not really willing to kick the can down the road. There is a way the Mavericks can trade a pick. It's very convoluted on how they could do that. But if they're going to trade any additional trade compensation, I want it to somebody that's going to be one under contract or two somebody that they have plans to build around moving forward. Right now, their most attainable piece that they can dangle out there is Jalen Brunson. I don't want to move Jalen Brunson at all because, one, he's a great player. He's a reasonable contract. You know those second-round picks, Sean, as you know, are those contracts are very team-friendly, and I, especially if you're trying to build a contender, you always love having those around. If there's a way to get some type of player that maybe is going into his restricted off season, I would be open to do that because really if you think about it I, I appreciate you Sean saying Dallas is a big market but if you really think, out, think about it on the surface the biggest name that they've been able to sign in 15-20 years is DeAndre Jordan my friend <laughs> the, the we are the brides forever the bridesmaid and that's okay that that's okay there's only so many New Yorks, Bostons, LAs that's fine. That is completely fine. Dallas can always get that conversation, but that's not their path. That That's never been their path to, you know, even on draft night, they still traded for dirt. They have to get creative on what they want to do. So if there's an option, if let's say Sacramento's a seller, maybe they want to get something for Rashard, for Rashard Holmes. Is he necessarily the answer? No, but I do like the option of if someone's going to provide somebody an offer sheet, Dallas can say, okay, yeah, let, let go get an offer, we'll match it. And then that's one less thing you have to worry about in the offseason. Is that the most, I guess, sexy, eye-popping move ever? No. But you know what? Lauren and I talked about this yesterday, Sean. It's always better to get something than nothing.
0: And as we're talking about this again, the 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 um app that where me and and Brian and Lauren met, the app Blockroom Room just asked who's the most underrated player in the NBA, and Lauren just absolutely enduring herself to all Grizzlies fans everywhere. <laughs> Mentioned Mike Conley, so so Lauren is forever, you know, and Brian you as well, but Lauren especially is forever <laughs> always up there when it comes to. Know, being the Dallas Mavericks uh, person that most Grizzlies fans love, um, the thing that I'll say for the Grizzlies is this: is that I think that it's going to be a trade, and the most likely trade that I see is I think that they are going to take the quantity that they have on the wings and try to consolidate it into some type of intriguing starter. Whether you I know you've so. got the Kyle Andersons, you've got the Dylan Brookses, you've got the, the Anthony Meltons, Grayson Allens, even Justice Winslows, I think that the Grizzlies are going to have some expiring contracts in that group next year. I think that this this year, even if they don't do it um, this summer, I think by the end of this year, you're going to see one of those contracts, one of those multiple year contracts, or two of them combined together to bring in more of a long-term piece. And, you know, we've got several contracts next year that are going to be on their, you know, Kyle, Jonas, Tyus. I just think that you're going to see multiple players of that group, of that group that is older, that's more of our complimentary pieces to John Jaren. I think you're going to see some combo of those players put together to bring on a significant contract of a player that the Grizzlies really feel could be in that core. I don't know if it's going to be the one big move. I don't know if we're going to see a superstar brought in, but I could see the Grizzlies do that, or they could use a name like a Brooks or an Allen or a Melton on draft night to move up. So I think that the Grizzlies do make a move. It may not be to the level many hope like you've seen in the hard trades and all that, but I do think the Grizzlies make a move to start consolidating some of this quantity into quality and just strike fear into the hearts <laughs> of the New Orleans's and Dallas's and everywhere else. But that's the future. We've got plenty to talk about now, and we've got tonight's game, the first matchup of the Mavericks and the Grizzlies, a big game. For two teams that right now are, again, in the play-in spots, they're behind the Spurs, but a two-game swing in both the conference and the division is on the line tonight for both teams. We'll get into that in just a second with Brian and Lauren. It's crazy to think we're already almost two months into the 2021 calendar year, but if you're someone that has not yet gotten to the New Year's resolution you meant to get to, or if you're staying strong with the resolution that you kept, I've got a great idea. A small but significant addition to your day that could certainly add either another health benefit or start your transition to being healthier on a daily basis, and that's Built Bar. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's the versatile part of your day that really can allow for you to, without a big commitment, add health to your day. Have it in the morning for breakfast and the afternoon for a snack or before and after a workout. And the great thing is, if you go to builtbar.com right now and you put in the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order from Bilt Bar. But you also get to choose from 18 different flavors that will meet anyone's taste preferences, in my opinion. And the other great thing is, is that once you make Bilt Bar a part of your day, it's going to be there to stay. You can go to builtbar.com right now, put in the promo code LOCKEDON, and get 20% off your next order from Bilt Bar. Listen to Locked On NBA on Mondays. Josh Lloyd, host of our wildly popular Locked On Fantasy Basketball, takes you around the NBA's major headlines with the help of our local experts. Subscribe to Locked On NBA to the Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get podcasts. All right, guys. So looking at tonight's game, we've obviously got the Mavericks and we've got the Grizzlies, and thankfully the Grizzlies, though they will be without Jaron and they will be without Dylan Brooks, we are probably the healthiest that we've been in a while, and so that means depth. It means different looks that we can provide. And with the fact that Dallas struggles, you know, both shooting and defending the three and defending the paint, I really do, more than I might have last year, I do kind of like the Grizzlies' chances of finding success in the paint with Jonas and Jaw and finding some open avenues for them to be able to shoot the three. I think that that could play in the Grizzlies' favor tonight.
2: Yeah, Sean, we're hopeful the Mavericks can actually are finding some good luck because due to all the winter storms and craziness going on in Texas, they're on a week off straight up. And that's great because it seemed like the Mavericks were playing three, four, uh, three games in four days all season. So we're me and Lauren are hopeful that'll play in their favor. Maybe everybody that needed a little rest and recovering from the effects of COVID, maybe that helps everybody out tremendously. Now, I, I will say, a uh, fun fact, I'm not sure if you were aware of this, Right now, Dallas is a five-point favorite tonight. Dallas is the third worst in covering the spread this year at 11 <laughs> and 17. You know who's a top 10 team this year, Sean, in covering the spread? The Memphis Grizzlies at 14 and 12. So just remember that, those gambling out there.
1: I like it. I think uh, tonight's game could be could be very interesting. I, for me, when I'm looking at the spread. Some well, I, I guess with Dallas, just just to kind of prove Brian's point, I don't really, it doesn't really carry a whole lot of weight with me. I mean, jaw, jaw does jaw. I mean, some of these players for Memphis just do things that Dallas doesn't really have. I don't want to say they don't have an answer for, but someone like Jonas Valanciunas could just like he could put up a well. I just, I just love. Jonas Valanciunas because I've said to you so many times I think he's one of the most underrated big men in the league and he's the way he plays like he he's the type of player that could put up this is this might be an over exaggeration but like twenty and twenty against the Mavericks because it just doesn't really feel like we have a whole lot of an interior presence so I need to see Dallas the same thing that I kind of want game in and game out put an emphasis on rebounding um, take good looks shot selection is is important you've got to make sure that that you're taking good looks and just try and control the things that you can control and if you can uh, do the right things maybe you can come out with the win but sometimes I just I see Dallas go out there and just let let games slip away and I it boggles my mind which is why I've kind of been so dramatic with this these are the problems I think the answer is to really shake things up personnel wise because there are games that there are enough games that we've lost that we shouldn't have lost and I'm not really pointing at this game as saying that this is one that we absolutely should win because Memphis is a tough team. They're the grit and grind. They, they play hard. They're young. And so those are the types of teams that Dallas tends to let that, let get the better of them. They teams that play with more heart or play with more energy. So I need to see, I told this to Brian yesterday, Dallas has had a break with all of this crazy uh, winter storm, just madness. I need to see them come back with this energy of, okay, we've 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 had a break. We've kind of got like this fresh start. Like, why don't we go in this direction? Like, let's start here at almost a fresh start and ju- just go, just hit the ground running. I don't, I'm going to be really mad if it's kind of like a, oh, well, one, w- maybe we'll rest you on a back-to-back or, well, let's just wait for him to get his legs under him and, and the shots will start falling. No, like this is the Western Conference. There's no time for that. You've got to, you have had time off and I would really, really like to see them take advantage of that and just hit the ground running a lot of energy just playing hard sometimes the shots don't fall and i get that but if they're out there making a lot of mistakes looking sloppy the defense is terrible they're giving up a million and one re- rebounds, rebound second chance points like i'm going to be absolutely livid so that's what i'll be keeping my eye on just trying to control the things that uh, just do the right things but but we'll see how what happens i don't think by any means that this game is is uh for for one team or another uh, a guarantee
0: Agreed. And and what I'll say on the Grizzlies end is that, yes, I I do like the aspect. I do feel confident in our ability to get into the lane. And I do think that we'll Mm -hmm. be able to find threes. But on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, we're coming up on a month now where the Grizzlies just ever since they returned back on January 30th from their hiatus due to COVID. You know, we're arguably if not clearly the worst defensive team when it comes to um, defending the three and another thing that really does not fall in our favor tonight either is that while we are among the league's best at limiting house y'all are among the league's best in getting to the line so where it comes down to the Grizzlies is that for us We're going to and y'all also are a top 10 team shooting threes. So if we do not defend the three well, and if we do not limit y'all from getting to the line, it's going to be a very tough formula. If that occurs for the Grizzlies to overcome, it's going to be another game for Memphis where they're going to have to create an advantage when it comes to the overall field goals attempted by getting more offensive rebounds, getting more turnovers, things like that, because we're also not good at getting the line. So the, so the, Frequency that y'all shoot the three and get into the line, and with the Grizzlies' inability to do either of those things themselves, plus their inability to defend the three, that's not the best combination to get this Mavericks team. And that's why I'm a bit concerned tonight as well, beyond Luka obviously being Luka.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Brian, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, the Valachunas thing. A matchup is going to be a problem. I mean, we're going to see some early colleagues sign tonight. So, if the Mavericks are going to hold form, I would say he would be a player to really look at. And, you know, Maxi Kaliba, God bless him. And he's going to have some tough matchups all week, Sean, because the uh, Mavericks do have a really tough schedule all this week because I I mentioned Warren yesterday, Sean. This this is a much fun game for the Mavericks because Mm -hmm. you cannot lose this game to Memphis tonight. You have Boston who, you know, Boston's shaky right now, but I, I still don't want anything to do with uh, Tatum and Brown because I don't know who's going to guard them on the Mavericks. And then they have Philadelphia on Thursday, and then oof, we get a Saturday night matinee of Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden. So it might be the first of 160 wins, but that just makes you crazy because the Mavs might actually give up 150 points. So it, it, it's not easy. It, it's really not, and... I don't want to put a lot of pressure and something out there, but it's a really big week for the Mavericks and they need to start off things right. And generally speaking, if they fall on their face, it's really hard for them to get back up. And that's what I'm really concerned about it just because they haven't really shown a lot of mental toughness all all season. And that six game losing streak is uh, around uh, January. That, that hurt. That, that was not a good stretch for this Maverick team. And I just don't want to see that again. And, they really need to get this game. I if they go 2 and 2 this week, I will be I'll wave my flag happily and say go Mavs. But if they this could be a 1 and 4 or 0 oh and 4 week and I'm really scared about that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the same here is with Memphis last week where we had five games and seven nights, um, which we're going to probably see multiple times more trying to make up these games. I was happy to go three and two. It was happy to go two and two um, after Sunday's win over the Kings. You know, at this point, split may just be the word of the day, especially in, in, until the All-Star break comes because if you can get some, through these some of these rough stretches splitting and be remaining 500, that can at least keep you afloat. But guys, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. But before we end the show... I do want to get um you know let both of y'all have the floor. I'm um, just, you know, uh, quickly, you know, let folks know where they can find you, stuff you've got going on this NBA season. I know both of y'all are are very busy just through different opportunities that you have, but just, you know, where can folks find your work that you've done and work that you may have coming up?
2: Brian, you want to uh, go first? Go for- yeah, for sure. Thank you, Lauren. So at Brianville for me, first and last name, pretty basic, pretty easy to find me. Uh, me and Lauren usually will drop the podcast uh, once or twice a week as far as shows. We'll usually record a show on our own, and then we'll do a live show in the locker room app. If you are a Apple user, uh, definitely come join the fun. There's a lot of different conversations, whether you're a fan of uh, professional wrestling, tennis, the bachelorette, I mean, there's a different room for you, so uh, come in and join us, and we go live every Monday at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time.
1: And you can find me at LGUN, uh, that's Elgun with four N's on Twitter, all my Mavs Moneyball work is attached to that Twitter Page, um, and I do co-host uh, the Blue Hardwood with my my friend Brian right here, uh, and I also co-host the Gunshot with my brother, uh, covering just general NBA. Um, so yeah, that's where you can that's where you can find me and find us. And uh, thanks for having us, Sean. Thank you so so much. That was awesome.
0: Oh. Uh, it's always a pleasure. The the thing that I'll say is this: is that the, the reason why I do this. I say it almost every show is the opportunity it gives me to discuss the Grizzlies, the NBA, just in general basketball and sports with people who are just as passionate about it as I am. And you two are great examples of that. So it's been an absolute pleasure. And I can tell you this will not be the last discussion uh, that we have. As far as this podcast goes, uh, first off, thank you, Brian and Lauren, for coming on the show giving us the opportunity to talk with you. If y'all will stick for just a second afterwards um, once we end here, but I can't thank y'all enough for joining us. You can find the show at locked on Grids, myself at stats, SAC. We will have this podcast um, up at noon today. And then from there, uh, make sure that you follow the podcast wherever it's available. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts. That's where you can find blue hardwood. That's where you can find the gun show and other things as well that Brian, myself and Lauren all uh, either contribute on or create ourselves. Uh, just, wherever you find podcasts, you can find all of our great work for Lauren and Gunn, Brian Zillam. My name is Sean Coleman. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, hopefully to celebrate a big Grizzlies victory over the struggling Mavericks.